The Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce, Hawaii, presented by Altruis. Dr. Diane Paloma has been the president and CEO of Hawaii Dental Service since November of 2021. HDS is the leading provider of dental benefit plans in Hawaii, with more than 600,000 members throughout Hawaii, Guam, and Saipan. And it has the largest network of participating dentists in the state. Prior to joining HDS, Dr. Paloma was the CEO for the King Lunalilo Trust and Home, director of the Queen's Health System's Native Hawaiian Health Program, and faculty member at the John A. Burns School of Medicine. A Kamehameha Schools graduate, she received her BS in Physiological Science from UCLA, MBA from the University of Hawaii at Manoa, and PhD in Healthcare Administration from Capella University. Diane has spent her career in the health field since 1995 and is able to combine her passion for native Hawaiian culture with the health and medical fields. Hello, how are you? Hey, aloha. Great it's so to nice be here. to see you. Um, you know, usually with, with a bio, we kind of go back and we start at the beginning. Um, and I just think that the last part of, of your introduction is probably the most interesting because combining your passion for Native Hawaiian culture with health and medical, it's really your life, isn't it? I mean, it, it's who it you is. are. Tell us a little bit about you, about growing up and, and what was your family environment like? So I think the, the most influence, of course, was family. Um, my dad is pure Japanese and my mom is Chinese Hawaiian. And so while I do think I'm in the minority, I only have three um, ethnic ancestral backgrounds um, in Hawaii is probably much more than that, right? Um, those have definitely influenced the way, right? The way I look at my community. Um, I spent my entire school life at Kamehameha, which I think also really strives to ingrain in you this uh, give back to your community philosophy. And so that's what really grounded me in um, my, my interest in Native Hawaiian culture, right? That's where I learned it at Kamehameha, but it fueled another need for, okay, what are you going to do with that knowledge, right? And so to me, it's the ultimate give back to my community when I can work here, send my kids to school here, be a part of the community, um, and really find ways to incorporate that into everyday life. And I think it's just, it, it's what grounds me all the time. It brings me comfort. It's my home. Even though I went away to school, I knew immediately that I wanted to come back home, um, raise my kids here, um, contribute in any way I can. Um, and, and also, I, I, I'm very public health minded. So public health philosophy is you, you're seeking to work yourself out of a job, right? Mm -hmm. So if we did not need... We, we wouldn't need a healthcare system if everybody was healthy in a sense. And so in that same way, I try and think of um, how do I work myself out of a job? Because that means I'm helping to bring solutions to the community. Now, as the chief executive officer of, of a huge organization, I mean, there's more than 600,000 members of HDS. I would imagine that living that living your passion for the way 
you live life and for how you believe we would all benefit is a lot more difficult or more challenging than it sounds. Um, as a woman president in this large organization, how have you found implementing the way you want things to work to be? Has it been challenging? It, it has and it hasn't in so many ways. I think the uh, where it has been challenging is just learning about the dental industry, learning um, back in back in insurance. I was uh, an HMSA employee for a number of years and it's just coming back into a new field. So that's probably the biggest learning curve for me. Um, what's easy is that I think many employees uh, at HDS do share that same philosophy of how are we going to make a bigger impact to the community? Um, while we're about 130 employees strong, uh, we still consider ourselves relatively small but mighty with a huge opportunity for impact because we have the over 600,000 members. And so when we, when I look at my own role as leading HDS, it's always with the mindset of who are our, our biggest constituents, right? It's our employer groups. It's the members themselves. It's our dental providers who are the ones delivering the care every day. And it's, it, it's sometimes overwhelming, but in the same way, it's so exciting because I get to be able to make an impact in the community. It's just my lens shifts, right? So now it's oral health versus where I was previously was only Native Hawaiian health. I mean, I'm able to use all of those uh, previous years of experience in this role. And I think that's where I get super excited about what's to come and how I'm going to Basically, you got to build a bridge to get across the river to get there. And how would you, how would you like in a perfect world for all of the members of this organization that you're with now, HDS, to know that you implement these practices of, you know, Hawaiian cultural leadership in your organization? Because if it comes right down to an HDS member, what am I going to feel differently about working with you thinking I'm so glad I have this I'm so glad this is my provider because Be of the way they practice absolutely and I think what when it comes down to it what the member I hope will see in the end is that they have a local champion here that understands their needs um, while we are a part of the Delta Dental Network which is a national network of dental insurance plans um I want them to feel that they are seen and recognized and know that we have their best interests at heart and that we know how to deliver that here in, in our state versus if they went anywhere else. Um, that Hawaii is so unique to begin with. And we always say this in business arenas, um, that it's relationship driven, right? And so I'm trying to think of, how do we have relationships with each of those members? How do we have relationships with each of our dental providers? And the good work comes from building on those relationships, right? Hawaii is such a relational place. Um, and that, and that comes from Hawaiian culture, right? We, we see it in different ways. We see it in like what high school you went to, uh, right? Or, um, Hey, what's your family name? Where are you from? Right. 
those those affiliations and those associations are what connect us, I think, more than divide us. And so that's what I hope the member will feel is that they are connected to something. We've been around for 60 years, which is really not a long time when you think about it in terms of this long trajectory of generational mm -hmm. care. But 60 years is a long time in terms of we've took the time over 60 years to develop relationships. And so how do we um, utilize those relationships for the betterment of the community is, is I think what the member is going to be seeing going forward. Since 2020, um, you know, the world was just turned on its head. Everything went upside down and people coming back to their businesses and looking at how they operate and how they treat their staff. It has changed. You know, you can see that people are starting to think we must do things differently. You know, whether it's we can't let this happen to us again, as in a hospital or an airline or the hotel industry or just individuals, we don't want to be this vulnerable again. Um, how do you see traditional values and the power that they have had through generations having an impact now do you think this is a time where there's like a little window of opportunity for there to be real change totally absolutely this is like the perfect opportunity to uh, you know what we call huli right huli is to overturn huli here is transformational up upheaval in a sense right and we witnessed that in 2020 the the biggest upheaval that affected everybody on this planet um, it just is so perfect a time to rethink the way we operationalize our business. It's the way we relook at our relationships. Um, I don't think Hawaii would have uh, done as well if we didn't have those existing relationships with each other, picking up the phone, calling each other. Um, even, you, you saw this, and previously when I was at Lunalilo Home, Kupuna were... A, a, yes, a, a, a group that everybody knew and thought of, but after COVID, they thought of Kupuna, our elders, in such a different way that it actually made it easier for me to fight for some of uh, the services for them. And I see that same opportunity now as people are going back to work and we're, we're also realizing people do want to work, but they don't want to work in an office cubicle mm -hmm. so much anymore. Um, that the open plan formats of cubicles also are not necessarily the greatest in terms of infection control. And it's, it's just the greatest way for us to rethink. I mean, and, and actually, it's not just the opportunity. We have to do it. It's not uh, really a choice. We just have to do it. Um, and I think on the, when we see, if, if I'm on the other side looking back at today, I will definitely have wanted to say, look, we made and we took a little bit of risk, but the risk paid off. And even if we maybe didn't do it in the best way, we learned from it and we were able to come out on top. So, you know, I, I'm, and, I, and I say this, HDS, we've returned to work. Uh, we have all these hot desks, as we call them now, where people have opted to permanently work from home. And I will say most of them um, are on the west side, uh, Mililani, Kapolei, uh, Waianai, Nanakuli. 
who really just, I, I don't think they want to deal with traffic and I don't blame them. And they found a way to better utilize and um, hone their skill sets so that they're probably, they're just as productive. We are still able to meet our performance guarantees for our contracts, despite people working from home. And I think that's the greatest lesson for us in knowing that we can change and still get the work done, still remain at the top of our game and not have to sacrifice anything. It's been a remarkable time. And, and this is an interesting time too, because we're just headed into, as you say, this this time of of what's happening after the devastation. And will we be smart enough to learn from our ancestors and move forward in a different way? Totally. Which I hope we will. There's certainly so much awareness about it. There's also a lot of awareness too now of the power of women as leaders. I mean, across the world, it it's almost doesn't even even need to be mentioned because there are so many more women in leadership roles as presidents and premiers and heads of businesses than there have ever been at any other time in history. You're a mom of three girls. Yes. You're also in this great heavy leadership role. Is it any easier, do you think? I mean, as you were bringing up your girls and forwarding your career, did you meet with the challenges then that you see now are perhaps not as difficult as they were before or is it just as difficult for a mom to be a very successful business oh that's a good question i i actually think it's both i'd say it's it's much easier definitely um we just celebrated the anniversary of title nine and i would i had the opportunity to learn about patsy mink and how she championed that at a time where really women were expected to stay home mm -hmm. And be housekeeping housekeepers for their home and, and not play have sports. the dinner. Yeah, have the dinner waiting on the table. And I, ha as a mother of three girls that play sports, they all play basketball. Um, it's so refreshing to know that they're entering in a world where they don't even have to consider barriers like that. Um, and I and I'll and I'll, I'll I'm going to transition a little bit to say. That women, right? So, so we're, we're two women talking to each other. We, we know our strengths and we know that we're excellent multitaskers. Um, we are the ones who have to, you know, uh, you know, bear children. No offense to the guys. Um, but Hawaiians innately knew that, right? So intergenerational, um, intergenerational knowledge and, rank and status were actually carried by the women. So even though the men were the chiefs and you see men were kings first and men were chiefs of each of the islands, um, it was the women who, who carried the ancestral lineages through the generations. And they innately knew this because, of course, we we're the ones giving birth to the next generations. And so to have that ability uh, you know, gave you the authority. And in that same way, I feel like we're able to amplify just our voice a little bit more as women. And because, because we are able to help transform generations by birthing them for one, right? That, that is our opportunity to connect back to Hey, I think, you know, the, the men in the past recognized that and that's why they gave 
the authority for that generational lineages to come through us. Um, I think we just do that in different ways. Um, I, I always bring her up. She's the deity of all things female, um, Haumea, um, also, you know, sometimes known as Mother Earth, sometimes known as um, Papa, or just, you know, Haumea is this deity that we acknowledge. And, and there's many, many attributes to her, but the one that sticks out in my mind the most is that she is able to bring order from chaos. So any mom listening out there knows, right? Like when mom comes home, house is in order. Um, or, or I could probably joke that, right? Like when, when mom is upset, the house is in disarray. And it, just knowing that we have that innate ability, not just traditionally or anciently, however you want to call it, but today we have that ability to bring order out of chaos. So the chaos of 2020 was the perfect opportunity again for women to step up to the plate to say, Hey, we got this. Like mm-hmm. we can, we can do this. We can bring uh, a sense of order. And so that's how I always view women traditionally um, and how I equate that to some of the work today of uh, how, how women are able to be leaders and moms and everything else in between. You see, I knew you'd be able to get flawlessly from Hawaii dental service oh, no. <laughs> to Hawaiian culture. Just a simple, simple, <laughs> simply done. Well done. Good job. And it is inspiring, actually, to see as we're seeing more and more young leaders come in just to, to talk with us on the Chamber of Hawaii podcasts, the energy and the positivity and the confidence that this next generation are bringing to their businesses is inspiring in itself. Um, and I think it's all down to leaders like you who've been setting the way and showing the path to the next generation, whether they're your daughters or other people's sons and daughters. Um, it's definitely a very, very interesting time in business here in Hawaii and around the world. So well, we're so happy to have you as the president and CEO of HDS and to know what's going on behind the scenes. And I'm so happy that you stopped by today to talk to us. Oh, mahalo nui. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Dr. Diane Paloma is the president and CEO of Hawaii Dental Service. Thank you so much for listening today. All of these episodes are available wherever you get your favorite podcast app, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Chamber's own website, cochawaii.org. If you enjoyed today's interview, please subscribe on your podcast app and leave a review. Your review encourages others to listen and may help the business community to continue to thrive locally, nationally, and even globally. You have been listening to The Voice of Business, the official podcast for the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, presented by Altris. Join us next time for more stories of Hawaii's business. (laughs) 